first Tuesday of the month, or so Comrade believed. Over the years he became increasingly paranoid that he had missed a day here and there. Maybe after a particularly heavy drinking session, he could have conceivably slept for two days. He could never be sure. He marked his calendar daily and diligently, and tried to trust his instinct of his surrounding environment. The seasons did seem to make sense. It was winter and very cold. A great wind blew. The first Tuesday of the month signalled it was time for his trip, an event he particularly enjoyed as it meant being out in the open country, for a short time at least. He got dressed and put on his heavy winter coat and sturdy black boots. Then he stomped over to the stables at the back of the window. Standing strong and fearless was Horatio, a blue dun fjord horse. He had been his companion for many years, but the two seldom left the windmill. Hello, my friend. It's time for our trip. Conrad stared into the creature's deep brown eyes. I heard it again, Horatio. Did you see anything? think I imagined it. Maybe I did. Maybe not. Let's go. Conrad tethered a large cart to the horse, which was now saddled. He got on and began to ride to their destination. Their path was engraved in both their minds. The destination was like a strong magnet, pulling them over a great distance. The air filled both their lungs and nourished their souls. It was a taste of freedom, but it was never enough. The windmill was now out of sight and onwards they continued. Over the fields, across the rivers, down the valleys. On and on they went until they reached the fjord. Nightfall. 
and with it a new storm. The fjord was ahead. They had finally arrived. Conrad dismounted the horse and continued off on foot for the remaining few metres. The rain beat down hard on the fjord and the darkness made it difficult for Conrad to see his final destination, the cove. Can you see it, Horatio? Ah, yes. There it is. Conrad led Horatio to the opening of the cove. It seemed ancient and forgotten. Conrad felt safe there. He always did. There was something about it. As he ventured further into the darkness, he eventually came upon his prize. A sizable wooden crate. A monthly lifeline. It contained food, clothing, messages, alcohol, books, tools and various other supplies. When Conrad first found himself at the windmill, he was promised his needs would be taken care of. He would not have to worry about the essentials of survival. He would be provided for, for as long as he needed. The drop-offs were always in the cove, for everyone's protection. Conrad didn't mind the trip. It was a ritual that made him feel alive. He levered the crate onto the back of the cart and made his way home. Conrad became weary on the return journey. His eyes heavy, his muscles ached, his head throbbed. I must rest, Horatio. We need rest. Horatio slowed to a standstill and Conrad lit a fire. He wouldn't normally stop. The risk of meeting a passing traveller, although small, was not something Conrad wanted to deal with. It could potentially get dangerous very quickly, but he had no choice. He shared some food with his trusted horse and then smoked his pipe. If he could just have a break, he was sure he would have the strength to get home. Just a few minutes. Just a few. Conrad fell asleep. Klaus Finz spent two months at his brother Albert's mansion. It was not exactly rehab. They drank together most nights, but it was at least a form of therapy. They even became closer, but Klaus knew this was just a good way for Albert to shield him from the world's gaze. Albert spent this time subtly trying to plant the seed of optimism of Klaus working for him. This got less and less subtle over time and eventually Klaus succumbed to the temptation of freedom. He was ready to be trusted again and put to good use. It would hopefully give him some purpose, help him regain his confidence, get him back on track so he could start to paint again. He was ready and almost thankful to Albert. Right, you take care. Byron is waiting outside to take you to the airport. Don't let me down. I won't. Thanks, Albert. The flight was pleasant. 
It was a private plane with a small crew and some humanitarian workers. Everyone seemed friendly, as though they were all off on a company retreat. The cargo was in a box in the undercarriage of the plane, heavily marked with chemical symbols and danger to life signs. It seemed perfectly safe though. There were also stacks of other boxes with medical aid written on them. At 2200 hours they descended and landed in a small private landing strip in Sweden. As Klaus departed the aircraft, he was greeted by the captain. Hi, I'm Nora. Nice to meet you. I hope you enjoyed the flight. You're new? Hi, yes. First trip. Looking forward to getting started. I'm not exactly sure where I need to be, though. Your cargo will be delivered to the storage unit near the lodge. You'll spend the night there, and in the morning, report to the stables, where you'll be loaded up and off you go. I can't help you after that, I'm afraid. It's okay. I can take it from there. The crew finally entered the lodge and ate and drank into the early hours. Conrad drifted back into consciousness. He didn't know how long he had slept, but it was still dark. There was a new chill in the air, and Conrad felt unease. The fire was reduced to cinders, so he packed his things and continued to ride home. His mind was racing. He wondered when his next body would be delivered. Perhaps there was a letter in this latest delivery. Sometimes he got no notice at all. There could even be a coffin waiting for him on his return. He would leave it till the morning if there was. The journey would surely be coming to an end soon. A mix of relief to be home to the windmill, and upset that he would not leave again for a month. All of a sudden, Horatio came to a halt. What is it, Horatio? Come on, you must return home. The horse would not move. It was not like him. It was pitch black, so Comrade was unable to share the creature's fear. He dismounted to investigate. As he stepped further and further away from Horatio, he began to hear a noise. He couldn't make it out, but he must investigate further, or risk being stranded. The noise got louder. It seemed to be coming from a nearby tree. Maybe it was a traveller. His heart pounded. He did not want to hurt anybody, but if it was a choice between him and a witness, he would not hesitate in defending himself. He pulled a large hunting knife from his belt and prepared himself for attack. He got closer to the tree. In the darkness, he began to make out a shape. It was large and high up. There he saw it, a body hanging from a noose swinging from side to side in the treetop. The fear gripped him round the throat. He could not scream or move. He was rooted to the ground. He felt vulnerable, as if there was an army ready to leap out of the darkness and attack. 
He tried to breathe and calm himself. He had seen a thousand bodies. This was just another, and not his concern. He needed to just get back on Horatio and continue home. As he slowly regained his sense of reason, he sheathed his knife and turned around to face the horse. The swinging stopped. Conrad quickly darted back around. The head of the body turned to him. Its eyes sprung open. Klaus found himself at the bar in the lodge. A dangerous place for him to be. Maybe he should just go to bed. Or he could have a soft drink, just to be social. He should really introduce himself and get to know these people. After much back and forth, he decided he would stay, but just a water, and then off for an early night. Yes, that sounded really good to him, and he was excited to start his new job tomorrow. A new beginning, a new life. Double rum, please. Ice. The words just fell out of his mouth. He didn't even know it had happened. The alcohol had won again. He never stood a chance. Okay, fine, he decided. Just a few drinks. Just to help settle him in his new environment, but nothing more. He couldn't let Albert down. He made a promise to change. He made a promise to Albert and to himself. He was better than that. The drugs were a thing of the past. He was over it. Albert is trying to lead the country after all. He's trying to make the world a better place. He couldn't have Klaus being an embarrassment again. He wouldn't let that happen. After a few double rums, his reasoning began to drift. As long as Albert didn't find out, then it wouldn't do any harm. It had been weeks since he got high. Maybe he could just have a little something. No, he shouldn't. Or could he? Just out of curiosity, he thought. Where could he get something from? Not that he was going to, but just in case. He racked his brain. Did he know anyone in Sweden? He didn't even speak the language. Could he get a phrase book from somewhere? The room started to violently spin, faster and faster. He felt like his head would explode. Hi, how are you? I'm Nora, the captain, remember? Yes, of course. Nora, how are you? Good, thanks. You look lonely up here, so I thought I'd come and join you. Yeah, sorry. It's been a long trip. I'm not usually this antisocial. I thought I'd try and get an early night. In the presence of company, Klaus calmed down. He was in a strange environment and he did secretly welcome the company. The two became friends quickly. Klaus could be very interesting when he wasn't off on another planet. They chatted for hours. So what's all this medical aid for? Ah, I see you are him. What? The new guy. It's okay. I was pretty sure it was you. I'm usually good at picking them out. I don't know what you're on about. I'm just part of the delivery team. I've just got to take that chemical waste to a disposal unit. They keep you in the dark, don't they? I guess the less you know. 
Nice and remote, this chemical dump, is it? Well, yeah. They made me memorise this map. It's pretty far. I don't mind, though. I like the idea of going on a trip. Just me. And they told you not to mention the location to anyone? Yeah, apparently. It's a really ethical way of disposing of waste. But it's not made for mass use. Apparently, there's this terrorist group that are desperate to know the location. So we have to be careful. You should be careful. Stay away from lions. Klaus changed the subject. Deep down, he didn't want to know what he was getting himself in for. As far as he was concerned, he was doing the right thing for once, and that kept him motivated. He felt it best to not get too involved. It was just a temporary job after all, and not his concern. A week had passed since Conrad made his pickup. He had tried to forget the trauma of seeing the body hanging in the tree. He tried to convince himself it was all just an illusion. Or maybe he'd still been asleep. After he heard the creature say his name, he blacked out and found himself lying in the dirt, woken by the blinding sun of the following day. The body had disappeared, but the noose was still there. Conrad ran to find his horse and raced home as quickly as Horatio would go. The following day, he unpacked his goods. There had been a letter in the delivery. A new body was coming. It would be there in a few days. Conrad spent the day in the subterranean laboratory, making sure everything was clean and ready to use. As he worked, he heard a noise in the distance. He ignored it and carried on with his duties. A few minutes later, there it was again. It was a very old windmill. It swelled and creaked like an old ship rusting at sea. This did seem unusual though. He stopped what he was doing to try and focus his senses. It seemed to be coming from upstairs. He waited further still. A few minutes went by and nothing. Probably just the wind. He continued to clean his tools. They needed to be sharp for the upcoming dissection. That wasn't the wind. It was coming from upstairs. Maybe a bird had got into the roof. It sounded big. Be calm, Conrad. There is nothing to fear. Just go and see. Conrad climbed the steps of the windmill. Higher he ascended. It was coming from his room. He opened the door. It was coming from his old oak wardrobe, as if someone was trapped inside. Hello? Is anyone there? Speak. I do not want violence. Answer me. Speak. All Conrad could hear was the banging. He took a deep breath 